Hello and welcome to episode two of the Truck and Driver podcast. I'm Dougie Rankin. And I'm Chris Madison. Hello, Chris, and welcome. Um, so another eventful week for you, I believe. We'll just get straight into it. <laughs> yeah, another day in paradise. The old girl tried to commit suicide in Cumbernauld on um, Wednesday morning. I thought I got a pinhole and a, a water pipe, so I thought, right, we'll probably K-seal this and get back to the Republic of Yorkshire and then we'll get it mended, but it turned out not to be a metal pipe at all. It was a very, very old rubber pipe, and it's obsolete. So I swung it into Motus Daff at um, Cumbernauld, and fortunately, one of their boys in there, a Polish chap, he knew the pipe, and he uh, he set to and made me a fresh one. Despite the doom mongers everywhere saying, "Oh, it's obsolete now," like you know, you'll not get one, and it's got in, it's got unusual fittings and all this. Anyway, he um, he managed to extract a quarter fitting out of the block somehow from behind the manifold, and a five-eighth brass coupling at the other end. All it does, it's a breather. It's just a coolant breather back from the engine back to the top of the radiator. So it's uh, it's only a small bore, sort of 10 mil pipe, but it can half empty. I've had to fill her up twice between them. Um, Les may go and getting up to Cumbernault, so something needed to be done. All better now, though. Repaired back on the road, back home again. Yeah, yeah. I've not, well, not had a bill no. yet from Motors being a main dealer, but I'm, I'm ready. I'm in the brace position for when that lands. Yeah, well, as long as you're getting billed for the time that they spent on the truck rather than the, the time you spent sitting in the waiting room, I suppose, yeah, it's good Good they were able to fix it. Oh, adventure. I started my phone today. I charged the batteries up and moved it around the yard. Aye. That was the extent of what I did, but it is running again, so that's good. A smoky. Oh yes, but I just started it. I spent most of the week down in London, which was completely insane. Highways England decided to shut the M40 um, with no warning going on to the M25, so the sat nav rerouted me right through the centre of London, which was mayhem in the car. I, I did a bit of piece to camera with the dash cam, and I'm like, I tell you what, I've got the utmost respect for the guys that have to drive lorries in and around London all day, because it's just... Yeah. It's a different world. It's absolute mayhem. I don't miss it at all. I haven't been since Euro 3 became a naughty word. Um, I used to run for Hanson's bagged aggregates out to Yorkshire, so I would deliver into Travis Perkins, Wicks, B&Q, and it used it always seemed to be our south at River. You know, the chosen ones got to nip in and do a bit round Edmonton and get back out, but I used to seem to get um, Chelsea, I did, um, Vauxhall, all that. God almighty. How they can call that 205 a road is anybody's guess. It's like being in some bloody backwater. Anyway, it um, it nearly broke me doing London, so I don't miss it, to be fair. I even get a bit of a nosebleed now for going out to Twickenham foot rugby. No, it, it was mayhem. There wasn't so much. People say cyclists a lot, but where I was, I was running between Croydon and Sutton, and it was just, mm. people are just, they'll just pull right out of a side road right in front of you without looking, and they're des- everybody's desperate to get where they're going. And um, I mean, I was only in the car, but, I've done over 4,000 miles this month in the car, running about in the course of doing truck and driver stuff. So, aye, it was pretty um, hard pretty hard going, I'll say that. I, I'm not going to miss not being there for a couple of weeks, and I think I will avoid staying in Croydon so I don't have to do that trip anymore. Mm. So, you me both. Yes, well, while I was in the office, because obviously weird, truck and driver is the same under the same umbrella as commercial motor, motor transport, and of course now Scottish Transport News, um, when I was in the office, I was having a look at in the back of the commercial motors and seeing what trucks were for sale, what, anything of interest. And I, I decided to come up with a short list to tempt you with. Good luck with that one, man. 
to go through some of the trucks, some of the options that you have one way or the other to look at things, because we touched on it last week when we were mm. talking about um, what may ultimately replace your Foden. And we did mention the Iveco 570XP, and I'm pleased to say that Iveco phoned me out the blue this week and reckoned that that 570XP would be available sometime in March, which would tie in nicely with your Foden going off for a bit of TLC. Aye, aye, let me know as soon as that comes up because I can get this painting uh, outfit excited and then get it uh, ready. Yes, I might just work out perfectly. So on my list of trucks, I've shortlisted you four makes, which is Renault, Iveco, Scania and DAF. Um, I've left off Mercedes, Volvo and MAN because you made a funny noise when I mentioned at least one of those. And I'm basically, I'm not including Volvo because the Renault has a lot of Volvo driveline in it. So Yeah. So kicking, I mean, we've spoken about the Renault Range T last week, and there's there's a, there's a fair number of them knocking about. There's not as many T highs at the moment, but I think there will be. It's, how long has it been out? Is it a couple of years now? Yeah. T high, 2017, it came out. Mm. There should be some lightly used examples of them knocking about. The thing is, do you go for because you don't specifically need a high? Would it be a high you're looking for? Definitely. I had the standard T out on uh, on demo when it came out, and it was awful. It was an appalling vehicle. The T well, I, it, strangely enough, I actually prefer the normal range T because I like having that step in the middle. Obviously, the cab and the, the cab's a lot bigger than the other one. What did you find the difference was? Too small. It's similar to being in mine, but less storage. And you know, I might only be out one, two nights a week maximum, but I do, I, I do carry some cubbins. All the lockers in mine, you know, under the bed, above, are all full. Everything's full. There's nowhere to put anything in those uh, Renaults at all. I think, really, instead of a top bunk in a T-high, I'd probably have back uh, locker yeah, modules. They, they do come with back lockers on them mm. now. Mm. Quite a few of them. The top bunk's becoming less of a common option because nobody ever sleeps in it. Yeah. And the other thing that attracts me, obviously, is residuals. There are no that residuals on a T-range, but there are, I think, going to be some fairly impressive residuals on a T-high. That was my thing that I'd, I'd written in a note there. I was like, normal range T, potential for phenomenal value, but mm. potentially zero residuals. And there does seem to be something, the T high has definitely got something more about it where it seems to yeah. be. It definitely seems to be more um, aspirational, can mm. you say. Well, as I said last week, I'm, I'm more than willing to have another one on demo when they come out with this revised steering column, because that's, you know, that's the deal breaker. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. It was really right. terrible. I've echoes. So obviously you've got the 570 XP and there are other, you can get like a 510, I mean you can have an XP, it's a trim level, you can have it in anything. So yeah. you can have Iveco's 480 engine as the Cursor 11, with most 480 bracket engines will be a 13 litre, but this is an 11, so you can have a 480 XP. Yeah. Um, and obviously there are tons of very lightly used Iveco's knocking about that are plain white, but would you want a plain white Stralis? Possibly. If the money's right, the colour doesn't matter because you'd take it away and you'd do nice things to it, mm-hmm. wouldn't you? You wouldn't leave there it as that. There are a lot of them knocking about. I think that there's a, a lot of them have come off some big fleets and I believe I think there's going to be, mm. some of the big fleets will be bringing them back in with the S-Way. So there could be like phenomenal deals to be had in the Stralis. Mm. I would still be tempted to go for the top banger 570 just because yeah. of what it is. You know, They've had yeah, the most definitely. powerful, the, the powerful 13 litre engine for years and they haven't really shouted about it. You know. well, they've always been known for their engines, if uh, if nothing else, haven't they? I mean, there's a chap local to us up here, I won't name him, he runs Scania's, and he's had one. He's just had one, like a cuckoo in the nest, for the last three years. He's leased it, 
but the deal was amazing. So he's had it and he's he's left it plain white and it's going back. It's been fantastic for him. You know, he says if the lads would drive these, mm-hmm. he'd get rid of the Sky News and run these. It's, it's been a fine truck for him. But yeah, obviously it's going lads... to come down to the. It's going yeah, to come down to how well the S way does to get drivers to really yeah. want them. You know, it's, his boys aren't going to come out of V8 Sky News to go into Ivecos. It's just how it is. So he's, he's no, not absolutely lose not. Drivers that he's had for 10, 15 and twenty years just exactly some money yeah. on the... The, the the next. I think I think that's yeah. I'd be interested to see how the figures stack up between a, a five twenty range T high and a five seventy XPI Veco. Mm. I think they'd be. I'd like to see what they do on performance and economy, which is handy because I think I mentioned it in the last podcast, I've got that brand new Range T High Sport for a week. Mm. When's that? One week from now, I'm taking that a week on Monday. I'll be out in that. So I would, and hopefully if I can get that Stralis in in March, we'll be able to make a very close evaluation of those yeah. two trucks. Yeah. That'll be good. I mean, the next the next one up is Scania's and there's a, there's quite a, there's quite a mix of Scania's knocking about at the moment. What I noticed was, I think one of the big, Commercial salespeople, one of the big fleet distributors, had um, some R500s, which isn't the S cab, but I think the the R's got the little step in the middle. But what you can get with them is a manual gearbox. And curiously, there's been a couple of them have come through a tag axle manual R500. Would that tempt you above and beyond potentially your sort of normal? It would be an S500, really, wouldn't it? It would, yeah. I don't really like the look of the R's. You're not the first person that said that as well. They, it seems to look quite small now it does. compared to the old R, even though it's the same size as the old R cab. Yeah, it, it looks look compared odd. to the S. It's um, it's a slat less in the grille. You know, it looks squat. Painted up right, I think they probably look all right. To be fair, I mean, I think is it Matthew Key might be running one. Yes, he's got a nice one. Yeah, yeah that looks fantastic. That, that, you know, you. Can, mm-hmm. You know, when that goes past every morning and flashes on 180, looks marvellous. But I think it's down to paint job. I think that's the problem with Renault's, is, yeah, you get a, good, is. a good paint job looks a hell of a thing. But I'm not sure about the Scanners. I mean, the price premium for the badge is massive. And I know it, oh, you know, think about your residuals again. But I'm throwing money at it at the front end. Yes, sir. I'm not entirely sure about the residuals on like an R450, an R500, and I yeah. think that the R gets a bit of a, you know, people say it looks small, it doesn't look so good, it's because it is now more of a fleet truck, because mm. the S has taken all the premium sales away from it, but I was curious to see when I was looking about, there are a few, there seems to be a few of those R500 manuals, which would be, that would be the main reason I would go for the R over the S, if you could still be tempted or bothered to have a stick, well, if it should one be available. It'd be, um... A no-brainer for me. I'd uh, I'd definitely go automatic with Scania. You know, I haven't had that demo last year. That S, I'd I'd certainly mm. have their automatic. Brilliant, fantastic truck to drive. And I went in it as cynical as you like because I'm just you know the Scania hyper machine. You know, Scania, Scania. So I thought, here we go. I'm going fantastic bit of kit. Really was. I had a, I had a hell of a good week in it from you know driving, sleeping, utility. Everything's where it should be. It's the first truck I've been in for a long while where they seem to have actually taken some notice of drivers. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, it's been very, very well thought out, the interior. Mm. Um, everything was exactly what it would be. And there was no, it's nice, simple switches and analogue dials. There's no gimmicks or anything like that. It just, it feels like an Audi and it just works. So I can mm, see it does. it's the class benchmark. And, you know, that was that was the thing that kind of, count. you wonder if, like if Renault could just tweak that interior and the T higher, but to not, mm. they're not going to get it to the same level for the for the price. But if they could step it up a bit and bring that 
close that gap up. The seats were as good in the demo. You know, that black demo, the seats were just yes. as good as a Scania. Fantastic leather seats. Heated, air-conned, all that. Marvellous. Uh, you know, there's a few people I've, I've noticed on Facebook saying, oh, plastic bloody Renault's interiors are terrible. They're not. You know, I really no, don't I think that's was, true. I think, you I know, that was TI so bad, was, yeah. it was decent quality tackle. It really was mm-hmm. decent gear. It was just, you know, the uh, backache issue, really. The backache issue with the Scania? No, no, Renault. no, with the Renault, you know, the bloody Renault. steering wheel, it won't come to you. Ah, right enough, yes. I don't wish to spend 80000 and end up having to go to it. I want it to come to me, really. <laughs> That's fair enough. So I reckon S5, I mean, an S500 would be the one to go for. You're pretty much guaranteed. Well, I know that uh, one of the guys I know had one in on hire doing the kind of light work doing the Kingspan. Hmm. Hardly any weight, 20, 25 tonnes, and they were getting in excess of 12 miles to the gallon with that truck. Aye. So, um, I, I managed 10 yeah. you know mm. running on on this job and most of our stuff as you know is heavy it's timber yeah. out and mm. waste back it's you know a full weight most of the time mm. yeah, Honestly, definitely, fuel. yeah I would say the Renault and uh, the Scanda you're definitely going to get the fuel with Iveco not entirely sure how that's going to do I've not heard many fuel consumption figures back on the Stralis of that spec I've got one in the next issue well, I've got a fleet of them. Um, Brian Buggy uh, from the Republic of Ireland, he's got a whole load of them, and he was getting eight and a half running at 46 tonnes all day in steel in the Republic, and he, that seems like a good return. That's not and so bad, them, is it? There's not a lot of motorways and no, no, things like that. It's not so bad, that. The last trucks on my list, I've got a, you've got two options with DAF. You've got, obviously, your XF, and you've got to go for the traction box if you're going for the automatic. You mm-hmm. can't have the Airstronic. Uh, so you can go for an XF, the key being you've got to get all that, you've got to get the eco mode changes and get the performance software and the gearbox. Yeah. So things yeah. like but everybody knows this now, you know. It's, yeah. That's what you need to do. So you could, what's your thoughts on an XF? You could obviously get a manual with a DAF as well. That's the truck you're most likely to get a manual gearbox on, even though they are hard to find. From a purely aesthetic point of view, I think DAF's the finest looking thing on, on wheels. I think it's great. I know it's a prehistoric cab. But it's fantastic. And when we go across to Assen, some of the best things I see over there are, are DAF based. However, from a business point of view, having had the 480 on demo last year for a week, I thought it was awful. Yeah, the thing I, is, that I loved the eco mode software and the gearbox. It and... did. And I asked for a 530. So there's no way we buy a 480. So, you know, oh, well, mm-hmm. uh, mm, I've got either demo or next week, it's a 480. I went, well, there's no point. Just take it and see how you get on. So I did. And how I got on was 8.2 average over the week, which is the same as a phone at the time was 16. It's and it weird. Was you can turn it off and they get... I've heard mm. cases of it being turned off and then the fuel economy improves because it it's designed for running... Yeah. It's not designed for that kind of mixed haulage. It's designed for like super fleet economy operations. And I spoke to the rep midweek and he said, well, it's set up for demo mode. It's set up for fuel economy. And I said, well... If this is set up for economy at 8.2, Christ knows how bad it'll be when it's set up for speed and power. It it'll was, be better, that's a weird thing. Well, <laughs> it was dreadful. And they were watching me, they spent the week watching me as I tootled around. They kept ringing me and saying, I think you'll find if you use adaptive crews. You'll... But you can't run like that. You can't run at supermarket speeds. No, no, you need to get where you're going, you know. Yeah, it was awful. Uh, Absolutely I think... awful. I was glad to see the back of it on Friday when we took it back. I think if you get one uh, and they've switched the eco mode off and it's got the performance software and it's set up to yeah. just do, it'll stay in manual as long as you want it to. And you mm. don't really need to use manual a lot because they're so torquey and 
your box yeah. is that good. Yeah. That it would transform what you're thinking of it. Because I've encountered people interviewing for the magazine and they're like, yeah, I got a new 530 and doesn't go. My mate's one's a flying machine. And I was like, I know exactly why that is. Well, this is it. If they'll send me a demo that's set up for how we need to run, then you know it might be a different story altogether. Yeah. And the price tag on that is a lot more pleasing than a scan year. Obviously, if I'm going to be strapped up for the next five years, I might as well uh, be able to feed the kids and possibly have a pint once in a while as well. Mm. Now, I've got one last truck, which is a DAF. Now, obviously, the DAF CF, which normal circumstances would be like, absolutely not. But seeing as it still shares the same cab as the trusty Foden, if you could go and get, which I don't know anybody that's actually done this, because all these, a lot of guys ran Fodens, loved them, thought they were fantastic. Now, you can still get the CF. But a CF530 with a manual gearbox in it is going to be, to all intents and purposes, a Euro 6 modern version of the Foden. It's got a three-stage jake brake on it, basically, which is the best in the business. Could you tolerate um, no. a CF? Wouldn't go <laughs> no. back. No chance. You could, you could paint it silver and you could do it as a no. replica. I would, bloody, <laughs> I would go on for cobble fret with a wheelbarrow before I bought a CF. I put up with this cab on mine because it's what we've had. You know, we've had 16 years out of it. And I've got the hump in the middle because it's got to be there. You know, it's got Cummins under it, and that's how it's going to be. I wouldn't go out and buy another cab with a great bloody mountain to climb over every night in the middle. I think the cab's awful, really. I can't sleep on the bottom bunks. It's not wide enough. I can't lie on my back. I've got to lie on my side. I can't sleep on the top bunk because there's no security for falling out, and I would be the bugger that fell out. Oh, and it's a long way down. Falling fall onto your gear stick i'd be out yeah and imagine that (laughs) as casualty so tell us again mr madison how did that happen well i fell out at top bunk and you just happened to impale yourself well yeah you know that's just how my look runs (laughs) so not a vote for nostalgia no no chance i still don't know anybody that's got one because i know that a lot of people that all would love love another food but then again I'm like, well, you can still basically buy something which is the same thing but a modern version, which is a CF space cab manual box. And I've never encountered one yet, and I do kind of want a shorter one because I am just a nostalgic It's It's no way. It's (laughs) no way like a Foden. It's got a bloody MX engine in it. It's a DAF, and that's it. You know, the Cummins, all that's gone. So, no, I'm sorry. I, I wouldn't buy a CF now if it was 20 grand. I'm not interested. I mean... David Davis over in Glossop over the hill from us here, he's he's got some new ones. Yeah, fantastic looking bit of kit, but as a fodden replacement, forget it. You might as well replace it with a stair or a bedford. <laughs> I'm not interested. If I've I'm going to be dragged to do, right. I've got a bedford TMV8. We're getting that shot soon for the magazine. <laughs> randomly, <laughs> that's the first the first the first bedford I've had right. featured in Truck and Driver during my tenure. And yeah, I've managed to find a V8 Detroit, which I'm quite Get pleased on. about. Aye, that'll be a thing. So that's my four. Op- that was my four kind of options. Your T high, probably your 570 XP, an S500 or an XF. I reckon that's your four main options. Aye. Would you agree? I think so. We'll have to see. Well, hopefully we can. Uh, I don't want to mean and nasty. That's for sure. Well, the new one's about to get. The new one's about to come out. Um, no, I think it's the start of February, 10th and 11th of February. MAN are launching their new truck which is going to replace the TGX, which will be quite interesting to see how they get on with that. (laughs) 
continuing to look at the calendar, uh, mm. you've have you been to Tipex before? Tipex have, and Tipex yeah. at, at Harrogate. Ah, hope it's Harrogate. Then I was. Yes. Ah, oh, Harrogate. Harrogate. If you yes. live up there, it's Harrogate. Twenty eighth to the thirtieth of May, which is a Thursday to the Saturday. Yep. The event is on there, and obviously in the past it's been very sort of operator oriented people who yep. are within that industry. But this year they're trying to open it up and make it more attractive to. Mm drivers and other people so i have been now this will be a good test to see who's actually listening to the podcast because i'm doing this as an exclusive here and i'm going to leave it on as an exclusive for a week because they've decided to do a driver's day on the saturday which means i have space for a display for around 10 trucks looking for some tippers tankers and also tractor units and they will be on shore right in the middle of harrogate they can come in on a Friday night, so you're parked right in the middle of the town centre, so you've got access to all the bars and things. On the Saturday, we have a free barbecue, and we also have free beer vouchers and free tickets. Uh, if you want to bring along your, the missus, the girlfriend, the kids, your mates, whatever, this should be um, this should be a really good event. It'll be quite unusual to have some trucks parked smack bang in the middle of uh, such a nice town centre. Uh, free bit beer. To being out and about. So I have around 10 possibly more passes available for this to drivers ideally of tippers and tankers but I also have some space for tractor units should anybody wish to go please do get in touch with me through the normal channels are you going this year or are you definitely going I'm going yeah Yeah. (laughs) no I'm going up anyway I'm going to have a day up there Um, possibly Friday but I might go up Saturday I don't know well, you could bring the truck on Friday. Pop up Friday. You see, I've got some friends in Harrogate. We spend a bit of time up there anyway, quaffing. You're to, have you been to Tepex before? Aye, five or six years ago, maybe more. I'm not sure. Oh, it's sure. grand. It's a grand show, and it's a it's a last place on planet you plan to have it. But it's it it, it really is fantastic. Yeah, Harrogate's a really um, pretty town, isn't it? It's quite um, well, it has up, its, mar- up market. Well, it's up market. I won't go for pretty. There's some you know some fairly interesting bits like Stray and rest of it, but. There's some grotty bits as well, but you know where they are, right? It's centre there. It works. There's always trucks there. Anyway, there's always trucks on display. Yeah, they've got stuff outside usually, mm. which is to do with like the manufacturers and the bodybuilders uh, and stuff. Yeah. So I'm actually when I had it pitched to me, they're like, "You need this is your job. You need to go and sort this out." And I was like, "You know, that actually sounds um, mm-hmm. that sounds really good. That to be able to go out on the Friday and go out for a few beers and get some dinner and then be at the event on the Saturday and have all the trucks together there. That's uh, yeah." Yeah, I think that's some, a, a good concept. Yeah, I'll um, I might just take a day Friday and come up Friday and stop, you know, Friday night. We'll, I'll take you to some of the well-known alehouses in uh, in Harrogate should you feel the need. Oh, wonderful live drunk mm. podcasting. Aye. <laughs> Try to think when it. Uh, they're also doing transport news, which is the recently acquired sibling a trucking driver. Yeah. Um, they did a thing up in Scotland. They've been doing it for a long time called the Scottish Rewards, where it's like. They go and provide rewards for hauliers and employees and things across the industry. So you get top tipper operator, top engineer of the year and stuff. So they've extended that to the north of England as well. So it's the inaugural Northern Reward, which is taking place there as well on the Friday, which I don't think I'm actually um, going to. But um, I don't need to be there, so that's fair enough. What's the plans for next week? Nothing exciting uh, as yet. Drive um, the truck. Hope it doesn't I'm, break. I have a 26 tonne of paper to get to somebody in Sheffield for 7 in the morning, which is a bloody awful tip, but it's regular. I've nothing 
plan for up the road this week. But you see, we only really know what we're doing 24 hours in advance. Anyway, you can't plan. You can book mm-hmm. a day off, but you can't plan. This is it because it's only got to be windy in channel and boat will be 10 hours late. So we know not. I've, I've got a fire engine to fetch from Scarborough for a chap over here that collects fire engines and uh, oh, nice. track land rovers. I was going to try and get across for that this weekend, but this weekend's not played ball. So anyway, I've got to find time to whip up with low loader and bring this fire engine back, which may be fun because I'm not entirely sure that that's got clearance under front end to go up ramps. So we'll just have to see when we get there, won't we? And, and then I can imagine there'll be timber. A lot of timber involved, but anyway, we'll see. Um, obviously, know. I'll get you some pictures. Oh yes, because I just put the the um, fire engines with you. Yeah, I put the march issue to bed on Friday when I was down oh. in London at the office, and that's looking. Yeah, I'm really pleased with that one. It's got um, a lot of very good looking trucks, and I've also managed to get features on all seven of the manufacturers, plus a bit of Foden, plus a bit of Australian stuff as well in there. So. Mm. Looking forward to that. That'll be out on Friday the 31st. That'll be good. I've got an entire week. I'm in East Cobride all week in my newly uh, acquired offices, thanks to Transport News. I'm going to be working away in there because I've got a lot to get done because I want to go gallivanting the following week driving that yellow Renault. <laughs> so I'm, I have to sit at my desk and um, get as much of the magazine organised in advance. I'll be taking the laptop with me in the truck anyway, but it's never you're never that productive getting on the laptop to do editing and writing after you've driven after you've done a 12 hour day what have you so i'll have it with me just in case well now you can tell just how keen i am to sit down and write anything for the last three issues i've not actually managed so um, i will oh, i'm going to spew sure. forth something interesting sure you will. I, 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 I well, promise well we've gone and tipped the, we've gone and tipped the listeners and readers off now about your adventures in wales are waiting on that and now they're going to be mm. expecting to see you trying to get this fire engine on the back of the truck as well so all right we'll see how we go with that one up on the podcast we are talking to team trucking driver contributor matt ireland matt is the author of the book you call we haul the life and times of bob carter which details the adventures of the legendary truck driver and operator today matt's up to something rather different though matt where are you and what are you doing i am fun enough going past the turning which would have led to bob carter's house near brumswell in suffolk what an interesting coincidence yes <laughs> I can't believe it. So, what's, um, so what, what are you up to today? Because normally we will tend to find you um, transporting musical equipment for enormous rock and pop events and things. What are you doing today? Well, as, as it's a bit quiet for that, as it's just after Christmas and the New Year, I am currently carting sugar beet for the next, well, I don't know, it all depends how long the sugar beet season lasts, but I'm just doing a bit of casual work on here. And as the money's better at the weekends, and it's the middle of winter. I'm working the, the weekends as much as I can to maximise the money, really, and just take my, my weekend break during a week. That's a good shout. That's the name yeah, of the game. Right. When are you going back out into Europe yeah. and on the road for weeks at a time? In all honesty, I don't know. I'm still waiting to find out, but I think it's going to be March time. Well, that's not too so far I'm away not, now. Not too far away. I'm, uh, and to be honest, I'm quite enjoying doing the sugar beet and going home doing local work and it means I can get on with you know personal things at home and I've got quite a few um, things I need to research and people I need to go and see and photograph things 
So it's just given me a chance to do that. And with the weather being so nice as well, it's an added bonus, really, because usually having this time off and trying to do any sort of photography is an absolute disaster with the rain and but. But it's just today down here in Suffolk, it's a beautiful, almost cloudless sky. It's fantastic. That's good to hear. So what projects have you got coming up? Because um, obviously uh, our readers will probably be familiar with a you call We Hall book, which you put together um, last year. So I'm, wor- I'm currently working on another project on another long since gone transport company who used to do big international trips. I think if I leave it there as an air of mystery. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm certainly working on that one. I've got a few various trucks articles I'm hoping to do. We're also hoping to put together a book on at least one other company. It all just depends if we can get the cooperation from the former owner. And and I've, I have got another project in mind, but honestly, honestly, I can't think what it was I was going to write about. <laughs> I've just had a complete mind blank. <laughs> I was not worried about that just now. Um, let's move on now. You're obviously, you're driving a truck on the sugar beet, which um, if you're in certain parts of the country, you wouldn't actually know what that was because it's it's exclusive to certain parts. What is it, um, what is it that you're actually doing and what does the job involve? So basically, sugar beet is the raw ingredient as such for the production of sugar. So it comes in, they kind of look like very large turnips or swedes, you know, a fairly big old lump. So, and East Anglia is quite busy with sugar beet, is the best way of putting it. There's a factory at Bury St Edmunds, there's one at Whissington and Cantley in Norfolk. There's a factory at Newark, and I think that's it. There used to be a lot more, but like the, one, the big one at Ipswich has closed down now. So basically, we're running all this product into Bury seven days a week. It's, it's only closed Christmas Day and New Year's Day. All the rest of the time has been open. And it's just a big, they call it a campaign. The, the factory's open 12 hours a day, five days a week, or six days a week, and Sundays is open seven till five, I think it is. I see. And, you're, um, you're physically going into the, you're driving into the farmer's fields of the trucks and they're loading it directly into, what is it, bulk tippers that all comes in? And... Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's all, all tipper work, so... It's all, it's all uh, harvested from the fields and put into big piles on the field. And it's either going to be loaded off a machine that's called a mouse, which is just the, the manufacturer's name for it. It doesn't actually look like a mouse. Or it goes under what we call a cleaner loader. So it's loaded in with, by the bucket full and it shakes all the excess dirt and, and muck and stones off and drops it into the trailer. And it's a really quick turnaround. If you're loading off the mouse, you can be loaded 29 tonne within five minutes, maybe. It's really, really quick. And even with a cleaner loader, you're looking at sort of maybe 10 minutes tops. Ah, so you're not, there's not any downtime, really. You're kind of up and at it all day. Exactly. Yeah, you're, you're maximising your driving time, pretty much, because it's just from, from where the yard is that I, I work, or the companies I work for, it's about an hour, give or take, to the factory. So it's an hour there, hour back to the farm or the farming area. Quick load up, back to the factory, back again. Either get one on or have your break and then get one on. Back and forth, back and forth. So generally, we'll do so. There'll always be one on wheels at night. So we'll leave in the morning and go and tip. And then you'll generally run three into the factory on a good day and then load up and take it home. 
That doesn't, doesn't sound like um, too bad a job. What's it like for the trucks? Is it quite hard on them running in and out of these fields all the time? It is, yeah. I mean, uh, and, and the thing is, because it's weight imperative, you generally want a smaller truck. So there's nothing too big and too heavy on this job. And a lot of them are older trucks as well, because it just does, it's not worth spending a, a fortune on a truck to have it, you know, up to its knees in mud all day long. And with, with rural Suffolk, We've got the A12 and the A14. Well, half of our time is getting to the A14 through twisty, windy, smaller roads. Um, I mean, we've got, I mean, every truck now on the fleet is an automatic, which takes that out of it. But it really can be up and down the gears and, and quite hard. It is quite hard work. And it, it certainly, when I used to do it full time 14, 15 years ago with a manual gearbox, it certainly was quite a labour intensive job. Yeah, I can imagine, um, because I've seen some of the pictures posted online and you, you find um, quite unusual trucks like day-carved MANs and Mercedes Axers and things, which you would never, you, you'd never really see a day-carb doing anything else apart from the sugar beet these days. What is it that you're driving at the moment? So I've actually driven both MANs and Axel day-cabs, but I'm currently in a TGX. It's actually a sleeper cab today for the weekend it's got a regular driver during the week it's actually the only blue truck on the fleet and i'm presuming it's been bought as a job lot from somewhere but i don't actually know where that will be that'll be nice and comfortable anyway is it the is it the flat roof cab it's like the medium height i the xlx I, right. it makes i remember i used to do a lot of day cab tipper work um, and an eight wheeler and i was quite jealous of the guys with the sleeper cabs because even though we weren't doing nights out I'd always like to, you know, always wished I could get my head down for 45 minutes at my lunch break. <laughs> yeah, exactly, I don't blame you. So, I mean, uh, what we normally do, well, I normally just grab my lunch on my break rather than have a sleep. So, I uh, just have an early night at home. But it is nice to have the, that option of having the bunk there if I need it sort of thing. So, because I have tried to have a snooze in a day cab and sort of leaning the chair back and putting your feet on the dashboard isn't quite the same, unfortunately. No, but it isn't. The, <laughs> no, but... <laughs> Saving advantage, you see, uh, I'm currently running with one of the day cab axles, and it's got the little—I call them a stabilizer—because you know the little smaller mm -hmm. uh, mid-lift axle. But that will easily put 29 and a half to 30 tons legally on on the trailer. So once it gets starts getting low on diesel, you can really—I mean—you can easily cart a ton more in at a time than anything else. So within a month, you've put in a whole load more into the factory. On, on one truck sort of thing. So really, it just pays dividends to have that smaller cab. And as that's the name of the game, I, a lot of companies would like to run um, smaller cab trucks and bulk work, but of course, um, attracting drivers and retaining them means there's a, a move to big cabs going across the board. That's exactly it. I mean, when I first started here years ago, it was pretty much ERFs everywhere. It had been Volvo for a while, because the story goes, the boss asked one of the old drivers, how come Calvers, who used to cart beat, could do four loads in a day, and you lot are only doing three? And his answer was, they drive Volvos and we drive ERFs. So he went out went out and bought a load of Volvos, which improved them a while, but then they did go back to ERFs for a while. And then they started to get into DAFs and having larger cabs, and they got some Renault Premiums and so on and so forth. But with it now, they've got very few drivers who will actually do nights out, all to do with the nature of the job. I mean, like I say, sugar beet is very seasonal. Started this year around October, and it will finish February or March time. The the weather's really hampered in this year. Initially, it was too dry, so it's just you couldn't get it out of the ground. And then 
when it started raining, it wouldn't stop raining, and the ground became too wet, all the machinery was getting stuck, and it got to Christmas time, and it was becoming a real issue because everybody was running out of sugar beet to bring in. So I have heard it's going to be extended by at least two weeks, if not more. Well, that could work out well for you if you're looking to keep going up exactly, until the sort of March time, yeah. Obviously, yeah, that'd be perfect. Mm-hmm. Obviously not ideal it's for the farmers and things, but that's just um, typical British weather. That's There's always something to be contending exactly. with. Exactly. That's, that's nature for you. You can't, you can't battle it. You can, you can only work with it. So, yeah, like you say, it will, could well work in my advantage. So, I mean, the beauty of it is I can I pick and choose as and when I want to work. And it, is quite, it makes quite a change. I'm not even leaving the county of Suffolk. And I, I haven't... Uh, the only time I've actually left Suffolk this year is going to work, nipping into the top of Norfolk or the bottom of Norfolk on my way to work. It's been, it's made quite a pleasant change, actually. Uh, my idea of rush hour now is getting a bit busy on the 14 and slowing down occasionally. There's no big cities involved. And it's just, I love working out and about in nature, on farms, peace and quiet, the birds and insects and all that. I, I love being out there. I'd rather be out there than in a big city. So just it does make a nice, pleasant change. It does. You're selling that to me there. And, of course, we do have a, a bit of an update from you in the next issue of Trucking Driver, where I believe it was a Renault Premium you were driving that at that point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's, a, that's for another company I work for, because I've, I've got just two, two that I do sugar beet for at the moment. So um, an ag- Agri-Force who own the Renault, they're a lot smaller. But, yeah, they're... Uh, I'm not a big fan of the premium, I have to be honest, but I think I'm just a little bit tainted with having three weeks away and it's not they're not made for that sort of job, unfortunately, but when you get a rental truck, that's they, they don't have big super space cab rental trucks generally, or they didn't do years ago. But apart from that, I mean, like this, these MANs are, are quite nice to drive, but the steering wheels are just huge. It's something to do with, now I don't want to be quoted on this, but it's something to do with if you get a puncture and holding onto the steering wheel, um, if the steering wheel's okay. smaller, it'll have more turns locked to lock. And then there was a, a scientific reason as to why MAN put that large steering wheel in the truck. Um, really? Right. Yeah, there, okay. there is actually. They haven't just done it because it looks cool. They've done it for. Um, there's an actual <laughs> reason for it, and I'll need to go and. Right. I will need to go and look that up and clarify that because what I've just said there might not be exactly right. But that was. Yeah. That's why they've done it, and I believe. I believe everybody who didn't like the big MAN steering wheel, they're launching the new cab in a few weeks, and I don't think the new trucks are going to have it. So. Right. Oh, good. Because, I'm, yeah, I just... Do not like that. Driving the axle, <laughs> no, I'm not a big fan of them. The axles that they've got on the fleet, they are a very drivable truck. That's The steering wheel in there is obviously a lot smaller. It's just a lot more manoeuvrable. Um, the only downside to the axle, compared with the MAN, because the cab's that bit narrower... When you get to the Weybridge at the Beat Factory, you really have to lean out to scan your cards so you can get yourself in and out. <laughs> Which sounds daft, but when you're a little bit shorter, so I'm not the tallest person in the world, but I know even shorter people than me on here, and they have real issues with just getting their cards in and out of the factory. <laughs> it's something that hadn't occurred to me. I mean, I do, I do tend to prefer lower height cabs. I would be quite happy in a daft CF or an Axe or some, just as much as I would be. Yeah. About tow cab, providing I wasn't doing nights out for a long time. Um, Absolutely, yeah. The odd one here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. They are. They're ideal for this job, really, as well. But like I say, that just that few inches on the cab makes all the difference. Where you know, just supposed to lean out and comfortably being able to swipe my cards in and out of the factory to actually 
properly leaning out. And I know um, my girlfriend's done a little bit in an axle. She's had to physically hand her cards into the lady on the waybridge so she can scan them for her. Dearie me. Ah, well, I mean, axles are becoming that rare now anyway that um, it's unusual to yeah. see them as often as you would do just a couple of years ago because they've all been exported. Very true, yeah. Yeah, I was writing about that in the next issue. About, um, I've got a classic Mercedes in the next issue from what, 1976 and it really stands out because nobody ever saves Mercedes. And I would say to anybody, if you're looking to get a, like a modern retro truck, you could do worse than get a Mercedes axle because it's one of the trucks that nobody ever cared about at the time. But it's one of the ones that was so popular that in a few years' time, people will be looking at it going, bloody hell, an axer, when you're parked up beside a big yeah. line of Scania 143s. Yeah, very true. I was, I was then going to say, do you think any will actually end up in preservation? Because they're, they're kind of like the Honda C90s of the time, where everybody had them, they all got used and abused, trash, scraps, disappeared, and the, the ones that are left are now worth a fortune. Exactly, a Mercedes Axer could be an investment for the future, there you go. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think I'd ever hear that sentence in my lifetime. <laughs> right then, Matt, thanks very much for your time. I shall let you crack on and I will catch up with you in due course. Well, Dougie, it's been a pleasure speaking to you and I shall uh, look forward to speaking to you again. Thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine. The Truck and Driver podcast is produced by Sound Rebel. To find out more, please visit soundrebel.co.uk.